Welcome to Linden Pride Walks, a series developed by Active Linden, the Columbus Care Coalition, and the Department of Neighborhoods to share stories of resilience in our community and promote walking as a way to stay physically and mentally healthy. It is our hope that these stories can accompany you as you take a stroll through your neighborhood and community, listen to the words of the community members, and hear their stories. Each episode focuses on a resilience factor, a certain characteristic and skill that promotes self-understanding and success in life. For this episode, Cameron Bray shares his story and path to discovering positive, safe adults. Cameron is a perfect example of a positive, safe adult. Through his amazing work as the CEO and founder of Brainiac LLC, Cameron works as a life coach and provides mentoring to children at East Linden Elementary School here in the Linden community and several other schools in the Columbus area. Cameron is also an active member of the Columbus Care Coalition with the goal of going beyond understanding trauma and its effects to actually providing interventions that seek to alleviate trauma symptoms for children, youth, and young adults. Cameron met with WOSU multimedia producer Leticia Wiggins at a local park, Pumphrey Park, to talk and discuss his experiences of being and having positive, safe adults. We're back here in Pumphrey Park in Linden today, and we're going to talk about safe adults. Yeah. And you seem like a safe adult. I'm going to have you introduce yourself right now. Some people seem to think that I am, <laughs> so that's a good thing. So my name is Cameron Bray, a.k.a. Coach Cam, a.k.a. Mr. Cameron, a.k.a. Cambino, just kind of depends on what circle Cambino? I'm in. Cambino? Yes, there's, a, there's so many different <laughs> different ways to call me and get my attention, so depends on how what circle you know me in. But, yeah, that's who I am. I am um, the owner of Brainiac LLC. Um, we do a lot of work in some of the schools in Linden and outside of Linden in the Columbus City School District, uh, working with some of their young men. I, I head up a program where I get to do that, which is awesome. I'm a life coach. Uh, I am a basketball coach. I have coached <laughs> football before, so there's the coach aspect of things. Uh, I do music, so that's where Cambino comes in. So, and I, I just do a lot. I'm a lot of different things to a lot of different people: husband, father, uh, mentor, and uh, some would say I'm a safe adult. So, yeah. I'm gonna back up to when you were a kid, and thinking about what safe adults looked like to you then. Sure, sure. So, safe adults to me as a kid uh, looked like a lot of times figments of my imagination, uh, which is not fortunate, but I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. Um, So when I think about what a safe adult even is, it's like somebody who you really feel, an adult of course, who you feel like you can really be yourself around. Somebody Mm -hmm. who is not gonna ask you to lie about things, somebody who you feel is trustworthy, somebody who literally makes you feel safe. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't have a lot of that mm-hmm. at, at different points in life. But one person that I always could say I could run to and feel safe was, with was my grandmother. Yeah. So shout out to Leola Wilson, who is looking down on me, I'm sure, enjoying this nice breeze. But yeah, she was always one that I could be myself with. I could actually talk to. Um, I know I could share my secrets with her. She wasn't going to go run and tell anybody. I always knew that I could get good advice from her. She was going to try to lead me in the right direction and not the wrong direction. And unfortunately, like I said, a lot of people in my life didn't didn't have those same values or didn't hold that uh, that same way of looking at life. So but she was one that I could always turn to and know that I was going to get something good. It's so tough because I remember thinking all adults were just better than me. Yeah. (laughs) They knew something I didn't. Yeah. You'd have to just wait to get old enough to kind of be where they were at. Right. 
until you find out that they are just people like your people, right? Yeah. And then they, they can make mistakes just like, you know, you can make mistakes even as a kid. And unfortunately, some of them don't have your best interests at heart, uh, which is a tough pill to swallow. But I'm sure a lot of us have probably run into people who we thought might have been safe and then found out the opposite. So um, it's always good to have somebody that you actually know has your best interests at heart and you know that you can trust them. They've actually stood the test of time. And, um, you know, you can be yourself with them. And that's 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 a huge encouragement. It was a huge encouragement to me as a child. And even now as an adult myself, having those type of people around is always a good thing. No, I think that's like such a good point. Is there like a moment you can think back just to add some like story to this where your grandma really was there for you? Yeah. Like, oh, man, so many different times (laughs) when grandma was there for me. Um, One time I could probably think of I had a lot of things um, that were going on in my home. So growing up, unfortunately, I saw some uh, domestic violence and different abusive type of things that were going on in the household. And um, as a child, it was really confusing to me to be told not to lie and to get in trouble for lying when people when it was convenient for people. But Mm. then those same people to have to tell you, yo, you can't tell anybody this or that. And so it was really confusing for me. Yeah, it's like that's obviously a dissonance right there. Absolutely. And so it's like, you know, you're teaching me to lie, but then also I get in trouble for lying. So what is that really like? And so not having somebody who was really present and and being able to talk about that a lot. I would go to school and didn't talk to my teachers about it. Mm. uh, Didn't talk to friends about it. Didn't really have anybody that I could talk to about it. But my grandmother. So when I would go over grandma's house, that was like my time to be able to release, my time to be able to cry. Mm-hmm. Um, as a young man, even, I was taught, you know, you know men don't cry. Mm-hmm. We suck it up. We get through things. We just push through. That's the way that we handle this uh, thing called life. So being able to be myself with her, to be able to let my guard down, to be actually not have to be the strong one in that moment and just be vulnerable enough to share with her what was going on and to have somebody who would hold me and tell me, you know, it was going to be all right to give me good advice and then actually try to help get me the help that I needed. That was one of the things that probably saved my life. So I know a lot of talks, a lot of conversations, a lot of prayers from grandma um, really helped get me to where I am. So I'm, I'm eternally grateful. So I'm thinking about maybe like, you know, it's, it's such an interesting conversation because we're talking about moving from kid to adult. Yeah. Uh, and finding that safety. And this is maybe kind of off the wall question, but when did you find that you were finally moving from that kid to adult phase? You know, like when did you become an adult? That's an interesting question because I, <laughs> I talk to some of my safe adults and other people about this often. Like, honestly, I don't really remember having a whole lot of a childhood. Yeah. Um, a, like a lot of people who can probably relate to this, I was forced to become an adult and make in adult decisions and be placed in adult situations way earlier than I should have. So there was a lot of that childlike innocence that I got to got to miss out on, unfortunately. So that transition for me, like, I mean, I remember working, you know, as I had my paper out when I was like nine or 10 years old. And I think I was even legally supposed to be able to have one, but I did. Mm-hmm. So I was making my own money. I would buy my own clothes. Sometimes if I wanted something to eat, I would buy my own food. Like my mom was, I was her shoulder to cry on when she was going through things at home. So I never really, I took care of my sisters when I was in elementary school, I would stay home with my sisters during the summer and I would be the one taking care of them. Like as a, as a kid myself. So I really don't know when I made that transition. I think I've always kind of been this adult person, even when I was really a child and had to grow up a lot quicker than I wanted to. Yeah. I think that you hear a lot about that in certain homes, right? And certain like experiences. Yeah. 
or you're just sort of forced. Yeah, and uh, the the cool thing about it is that it shows just how resilient we as people can be, uh, because even though we don't necessarily know the way, we find ways to survive. Like we are incredibly strong creatures who can who have gone through a lot um, and continually go through a lot, but it doesn't have to break us. And even when we don't have the things that others may have been afforded, like some of the opportunities or some of the the experiences and things, we can still find ways to make it through. And so it's just encouraging to me to be able to look back over my own life and say, man, I made it through some stuff and then be able to then relate that to people that I talk to now. Like, hey, you're going through some stuff, but trust me, you're stronger than you know and try to help them find those ways like that they were able to be resilient and show so they can find in and of themselves like how strong they really are. And then sometimes just recognizing that, you know, I am kind of strong, like, wow, that was kind of dope. I didn't I didn't really think of it that way, but I did make it through and, and, and focusing on those things instead of the negative things. It encourages you and helps you to let you know if you got over that stuff, you can get over the next stuff that comes up. And when we talk about that and you kind of think about this resilience, is there like a particular moment that comes to your mind at all when you think back on your childhood or young adulthood, as we'll say? Man, I have I have made it through all kinds of things. I mean, not only the the household things, but stuff in the streets like all of my time spent in Linden wasn't good time uh, spent in Linden. And, and to know that I made it out of some circumstances and situations alive, then in a, that in and of itself just shows that I had some resilience, you know, like um, having a background as a felon, a former felon and being able to look at myself and say, man, I made it out as a young black man by 18 to have a felony on my record and to still be able to get to my to the place today where I own a business and I'm able to give back to people who once were me, like, uh, you know, who look exactly like I looked and are going through the same things that I went through to be able to have those experience and give back to them. I mean, you can't write a better story than that. You know what I mean? To be able to really touch people in the place where they are and let them know, yo, if I can make it out, you can make it out too. So I think resilience is just, I mean, I've got stories for days and I know we don't have a lot of time. (laughs) So I've got all kinds of stories about resilience, but just, I think everything that I went through showed that that's the point. I went through it. It didn't stop me and I'm still here. And so as long as you're still here and as long as you're still walking, um, then you've got an opportunity to overcome whatever's in your way. I think that's such a good point, you know? And in doing this series, there's so many of these stories that just show that resilience is such a main factor. These are stories of resilience. Yeah. And something that's so inspiring is it's not always about, you know, having the one time you fall down and then you're like, all right, this is it. I'm ready now. It's about like sometimes we got to fail a couple times. Several. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. like think about inventors and stuff. Think, nobody invents something on the first try and it's just perfect. Now, there might be some artists who have like, and I'm really jealous of y'all artists out here that might be listening because I can't draw to save my life. But there may be some artists who create like really beautiful pieces of art just by, you know, going by and, and just putting things on the on the on the canvas. But life isn't really that way. We we learn a lot of times by falling down. Like think about when you were when you're looking at babies and stuff, when they're learning to walk. They don't learn. They don't just pop up to their feet one day and then they're just pros at it. They <laughs> fall down a lot. Uh, but the, the most important thing is every time that they fall down, they end up pulling themselves back up. They find a way to get back up and they don't let that stop them from taking the next step. So as long as you just keep going, that's the important thing. We only lose when we give up. And as long as you don't give up, then then you got places to go still. You know, you're always growing. We're yeah. always learning. We're becoming, I don't know, more adult adults, maybe. <laughs> right. Maybe. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah. is most of us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, and this is something that I think is so powerful with you, 
and everything and all of our experiences I think personally like are there for a reason and yep. teaching us to be better people hopefully can you explain sort of what you see in others now when you are mentoring kids you're out there trying to help young adults yeah kids and do you sometimes see some of yourself in them 100 percent um i see a lot of myself in their stories because my story isn't unfamiliar mm-hmm. uh, especially to people in the areas that i you know that i serve in so um, I definitely see a lot of myself in them, but what I what I really see in them is potential, like untapped, mm-hmm. unadulterated potential and skill and intelligence and beauty. Um, there's so much of that, and even in their bad moments, I can see it and it shines through. So I I tell I tell people all the time, like the same way, the same mind that it takes for you to be a kingpin on the streets. You can use those same type of strategies and things to kill it in the boardroom and be a CEO. You could absolutely take corporate America by storm. You can own your own company and really change things. And the only difference is you actually get to live a little bit longer and keep your money. The government isn't working against you at that point. There are loopholes that will actually help you. Mm -hmm. And so learning how to play the game and understanding how to take that uh, drive, that intuition, those skills, and just point them in the right direction – that's what I love to help people do. So that's why I, you know, even what I do, I call myself a coach because I'm not, I can draw up the play for you, but you got to run it, right? I can have the perfect play and tell you, this is what you'll do. If you do this, you'll be successful. But if you choose not to do it, then I'm not playing the game for you. You know what I mean? I have my own game to play. So that's the thing that I see is just untapped potential, limitless potential. There's greatness on the inside of everybody that I look at. And I, it's, my, it's my, jo- my joy and my duty, I feel like, to help bring that out and help people recognize what they got. I don't know. Kids are amazing. So it's yeah. you can see that in a lot of people. Yeah, kids. yeah. Kids, adults too. Adults too. Especially you know though, I mean, because a lot of adults like they don't. I think some adults sometimes feel like their time might have passed them by. Like I'm too old to do whatever it was that I wanted to do, or I used to think that I could do that. But again, as long as you're breathing, you've got the opportunity <laughs> to still do stuff. Like your life still matters. You still have value. You still have a purpose. There's still stuff that you can accomplish if you'll just actually get up and start taking steps in that direction. Every race is a marathon. Like it's really a marathon. This isn't a sprint. Like you, you have to understand and look at life like, yo, there's still a long way to go. And as long as you don't give up, if there's dreams and things that you have on the inside of you, you can still reach some of those things. Now, we may have put ourselves in some positions where it might be a little bit more difficult than we were younger to do some things. And if your goal is to be in the NBA or the NFL or something like that and you're 67 years old, that time might have passed you by, right? <laughs> so, but there a lot for most of us though, there's a lot of untapped potential and dreams and stuff don't have to die. We still got ways to go. Kind of thinking maybe about the youth in the area and the youth in the areas that you serve. Do you mind um, sort of bringing up a couple, like some obstacles that you're seeing and some things that are really kind of serious in your mind right now that a safe adult is important to address? Yeah, just I think a lot of them uh, have experienced trauma in a lot of real ways. And what is interesting to me, the more that I learn about the brain and the more I learn about trauma and just how life works, most experiences that are traumatic in the neighborhoods that that I have lived in and that I serve in those are just seen seen as life. Like mm-hmm. everybody goes through this. Like this mm-hmm. is just the way it looks in my neighborhood. This is just what we do and what we go through. And it's like, nah, it's not normal for people to see young people dying all the time. It's not normal to see um, the violence that we see. It's not normal to get treated this way by police. It's not normal 
to have to deal with drugs and have the encounters with drugs and alcoholism that we see. That stuff is not normal. Abuse, that's not normal. Um, so a lot of the things that I see our kids dealing with, um, they just see it as life. And they don't even understand that these things are things that are that this is not the way that it was designed for life to be. You're living through some things that are not it's not the way that um, that really is, it was supposed to be. And so I see that um, all of those things are obstacles that people go through um, food. Like sometimes they don't have anything to eat. They're hungry. Poverty, not having enough money, not knowing where you're going to where you're going to sleep. Homelessness. It's not normal. Even though it may look normal to some people, it's not normal to bounce from house to house and not have a stable place and know where you're going to lay your head. Like these are all things that are abnormal and it's traumatic. And we and we deal with those things. We internalize those things and they have an impact on us in one way or another, whether we recognize it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just like processing. It's a lot of. Uh, it's heavy. Yeah. And I mean, and it's and it's unfortunately it's like the the things that we see, like it's reality. And, and, and life that I see when I walk through the streets, when I, when I walk into schools and I talk to kids, and it's kind of cool because, to be able to let them know, like, yo, I understand what it is you're going through. I see it, and I see you, because sometimes people don't understand. Sometimes the teachers might not understand that you're going through this, and that's why you're sleeping at home, because you're up taking care of kids at night, and you can't get any sleep, or you didn't even know if you had a place to sleep, or last night you spent the night on the street, or you were in your car. Like, people don't understand a lot of times. They kind of look at the uh, symptoms and don't understand what the problem mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. and so they, they'll make judgments real quick so to be able to look at kids and just say yo I know where you're at I know what you're going through and to be a safe enough person a safe enough place for them to be able to open up and then share that kind of stuff with me so that I can kind of try to comfort them and try to give them some advice and get them some help whether it's services or just sometimes just being a listening ear is help enough and letting them know that you know to encourage them however I can to, that they can make it like if I made it you can make it type of thing so yeah, I, I see it all and, and am thankful that I get the opportunity, like I said, to, to just be able to, to be that safe space for them uh, to, to be able to vent, to be able to do whatever they need to do. And if somebody, another adult who's like really well-meaning and wants to be that safe space for somebody else, how would you recommend they go about that? Like what's, you know, the 101 for this is the way to be a coach, this is the way to be a safe adult? Man, it's really just showing yourself friendly. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I. I think everybody has that potential. Find a kid. If you see something that's that's going on, let them know that you're there. Don't just look at them, you know, with a scowl on your face because they're walking down your street and they look like they might be up to no good. Throw them a smile. Say hello. Start a conversation. Like I, I, I start off with these kids. Not I'm a stranger to them, but just being there and being able to talk to them and let them know, like, I'm here and I, and I don't mean you any harm. I don't want anything from you. I'm not trying to hurt you. As a matter of fact, I'm just here to help however I can help. Um, just sometimes putting yourself out there and, and doing something that might that might not be in your comfort zone. As simple as a smile can open the door for a conversation. I like your shoes. <laughs> I like your, all your hair is pretty today. You know, anything like that just mm -hmm. to open the door. And then it's like, man, you, you never know. That kid might not have heard that ever. <laughs> you know, and so for you to be the first person to introduce that into their life and, and to bring a smile to their face. That could be a huge, a huge way to just open the door. So to do that and then to be consistent. So. If you are going to be there, that's one thing that I definitely stress to anybody who wants to get into this type of work or really wants to be influential. You can't do it for one day and then be gone. You know, these kids and, and people in general, they'll see people walk in and out of their lives as as it's convenient, you know, as, as it suits them. And so, to, you know, to be there for these kids, like even when they're having a bad day, even when they cussed you out. To let them know, yo, that's that's OK. I know that you were having a bad day. I have them, too. There's no no worries. I still I still care about you like that type of stuff. 
they may not have ever seen before. And if you can show them what that looks like, then they'll start to open up to you. So and then once they once they do start to open up to you, remain trustworthy. Don't use mm-hmm. that to mm-hmm. your own benefit. Just just remember like what it is that you're there for and really make sure that you're feeding them positive things and not steering them in the wrong direction. I think that's a huge thing. I'm kind of curious with like, you know, the feeding them positive things. And also, is there a little bit of trying to help kids realize that what they're experiencing isn't normal sometimes? Yeah. Like, or how do you even go about that? Because some of these circumstances are just so intense. So personally, I love to provide them with other experiences. So when I can, I like to do things with them. Like I've had people, kids that I'll take, um, you know, and drive them to a different neighborhood just so they can see Hmm. like some of these kids have never been outside of Linden. Some of these kids have never been outside of Southfield. They've never been outside of their neighborhood or off of their block. So that's literally all they know. It's amazing what it looks like to see a kid drive in Polaris and look around like, what is this? I've never seen anything like this before. Right. And just to to drive through Bexley and Hmm. see like, yeah, not too far away. Mm -hmm. Like look at these houses. There are people who live a lot different, man, it's quiet over here, you know, taking them out to a park and just getting them away from the noise and stuff sometimes anything where they can kind of clear their minds just open them up to possibilities show them stuff and if you can't really take them anywhere show them pictures tell them show them some of your pictures maybe you went on vacation or something like that yo i I traveled to florida look this is what a beach looks like Mm -hmm. it's like wow there's water outside of my bathtub that's dope you know like anything (laughs) like that just just to help them see that there's a, a a much bigger world around them than their current situation and and that That'll give them hope enough sometimes to, to be able to maybe reach that and, and, and go for it and, and know, like, I can get out of here. Do you mind me asking kind of how you got back into the work you're doing now? seems like you have, like, all five fingers in the community <laughs> in different ways. Like, what kind of spurred you to get invested in that way again? Yeah, so there is there is a kid I, that I started mentoring uh, when he was probably about 11 or 12. And um, he came into my life, and from then on, I've seen him. He's now in college. Oh. And so being able to just kind of see how his life kind of took off, he, he had a, a story where, again, he wasn't in the most ideal situation. His father was murdered when he was two, um, was kind of headed in the wrong direction, and, and mom didn't really know what she was going to do with him, et cetera, et cetera. So when I met him, he was a little rough around the edges, but that was cool because he wasn't rougher than me. And um, <laughs> just to be able to yeah. share you know, some, of my, some of my experiences and stuff with him, um, and see how his life shifted and kind of changed um, was huge for me. So I was mm-hmm. like, man, when I when I get back into like the workforce, workforce, um, this is what I want to do. Like, this is the kind of thing I want to do. I want to I want to help other kids that look like him. And I didn't even really know if that something like that existed. Uh, but then I, I came across a company and and um, was able to become a life coach through that company and they put me in touch with a couple of kids that were in some schools and then from then I, I started working in the schools and when people in the school started seeing those kids change They're like man I got 10 more kids that I want you to work with and then from there a business was was formed and I've been going ever since so it was really just a heart to to give back and and seeing like man me being present in this kid's life really did make a difference and so from then it's like man why would I want to do anything else so it's become what I love to do it's not even like work to me it's just it's just part of life and and I I really enjoy it so what is what does a kid with a healthy support system a safe adult look like like when you change these lives, like how do they come out on the other side? Man, I think they start to become themselves. Like mm-hmm. I think they start to to feel like there's some real possibility. They start to think differently, right? They can they can start to learn how to make better choices. 
um, and really kind of come into themselves. I think a lot of times we have to be we have to put on a mask um, and be a shell of a person because, you know, sometimes the neighborhoods and, and places that we are, it's, it's rough. And if you don't look a certain way and you don't carry yourself a certain way, you know, you'll get swallowed up. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that that's who you were really created to be or who you really are on the inside. So I think when people come in contact, when kids come in contact with a safe adult, they can really be themselves. I've seen kids, the hardest kids, they're really silly. They really <laughs> like to tell jokes. They're really like hilarious, but they got the meanest scowl on their face. And you would never know it <laughs> <Right>. until they <laughs> feel comfortable enough just opening up. And so, you know, just being able to do that and, and as a coach, you know, trying to help them say, all right, so what is it that you're passionate about? What is it that you love to do? What is it? you know, that, that you're good at, like what, what kind of avenues can we explore for you? What is life going to look like and get them thinking about thinking past like tomorrow or next week. Cause a lot of these kids, they don't really see a future. They're seeing their friends die. Mm -hmm. They're seeing their families die young. And so making it past 25, that doesn't even seem real to some of them. Mm -hmm. But then when you can come in contact with somebody else, it's like, yo, I made it and you can make it too. And there's a life outside of this and then start helping them think in that direction. It can cause their lives literally to shift. And so that's that's the beautiful thing about what I do. I love it. I like that idea of just having somebody, giving somebody the space to be themselves. It kind of reminds me of your grandma a lot. Again, yeah, like yeah. Talking about she, that. she did it for me, and uh, that was great. So to be able to give back and make her proud, that, that makes me smile. Are you finding it hard in, like, the current climate with with COVID and everything to, like, reach kids in the same way? So interestingly enough, yes, uh, to a degree. This, this really put... Uh, put kind of a damper on where I was or what I was doing but thankfully now that school has kind of started back up I'm able to reconnect mm -hmm. with some kids even if it is remotely um, and then anywhere that I go you know, just in my neighborhood I never left out of my neighborhood so being able to be there for the neighborhood kids and they come over and play and you know mm -hmm. I'll try to chop it up with them every now and again um, just wherever I am and anywhere I can find an opportunity then to be used and I'll, I'll, I'll do that so I think regardless of the situation, even though the world is crazy, everybody around you, like your your whole sphere of influence is wherever you are. So no matter where you are, you have the opportunity to reach people. So the work didn't stop just because, you know, Corona tried to shut the world down. Uh, it just kind of shifted a little bit. Yeah, the in-person thing is just so much easier. It's different. It's yeah. just different, Yeah, right? it is. Um, so we've talked a lot about, like, the way that we can change individual lives with being there and present as a safe adult. What about, like, the community? Like, what could Linden look like if there was more potential? Oh, the potential is there. So once it gets tapped into, it can look more beautiful than it is now. Like, I mean, you, you look around, and I look at the homes that are boarded up. I look at the homes that are beat up and beat down and stuff, and I still see potential. Like, so when I moved into my house, when I bought the house, it didn't look like anything like what it looks like now. We renovated it, and during that process— I learned a lot about life and I actually talked to my own kids about it. I remind them that sometimes things have to look like they're getting worse before they actually get better. Mm. So the stuff that was old and kind of dilapidated and there were walls and places that I didn't want them and stuff like that. Some of those things had to be knocked down and that got dusty. And there was places where you couldn't step because there were holes on the floor, nails sticking up and all that kind of stuff. And they saw that process. But then they saw that it had to get like that before it could become beautiful. And then they get to live now in the finished project of what that looks like. And it's a reminder to them. I tell them, like, yo, don't forget, though, what this used to look like. Mm -hmm. So just because something looks unsightly sometimes or it looks like, think like, man, I don't know if anything good could ever come out of this. 
there's still potential there. So when I walk around London and I see London, I just see a whole bunch of untapped potential. And it's not just in the buildings, but in the people, mm. because there are lives that still have purpose. There are lives that still have things that they can do. There's goodness and greatness on the inside of them. It just needs to be brought out. And so sometimes that means, you know, taking it takes some time because my house, it didn't get changed <laughs> like that. Uh, it was a process, but just starting the process and actually doing the work and being patient and seeing it through is some beautiful things that can come out of Linden. So I'm excited about what Linden is going to be, because I think that uh, the people in Linden are beautiful. They've got potential. And once they start to shift and, and some things shift in them, then it's going to be you know seen not only in the people and in their smiles and in their lives, but in the neighborhoods and in the, and in the streets and everything It's going to just be. It's going to be a beautiful, uh, even more beautiful place than it is now. Because I look at it now and I think it's beautiful. Even in all of the midst of everything that I see, there's beauty in all of it. This is such a good reminder. And all of that can blossom out, right? Indeed. Indeed it can. Again, that word, potential. Yes, potential. <laughs> Maybe untapped. that's the truth. Untapped, right? <laughs> Everywhere. Yeah. All right. So I'm just asking this out of curiosity. But all you're right. a dad, you're a coach, you're a mentor. What's the difference between being all of those? You know what? Is there one? Is it all the same thing? Like you like do you treat your kids the same way as you treat your students? I legit tell people all the time that what I show to people is really a father's heart. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering. That's it. Like and I didn't have my father present when I was growing up. Um so I didn't really know what a good father looked like myself. But becoming a father and I became a father young and, and then being able to see my children continually grow and even you know the ones that are still at home still growing now um, I give these kids the same thing that I give them I teach them how to make good decisions I teach them you know how to be caring how to love for people how to have love for people show love for people how not to be selfish you know like how to keep their pride low like these things that are just helpful in everyday life and that I give to my own kids I give to the people that I that I mentor that I coach and I teach them that life is all about decisions and ultimately even though as an adult I tell my kids like the ones that I actually raise every day like you don't have to do what I tell you to do now there are consequences and rewards that are associated with the choices you make but legit you don't have to do anything you can tell me no now that might not end too well (laughs) right but you have the I I can't force that those peas down your throat Right. But mm-hmm. I can say that you're not going to get X, Y and Z if you don't eat them. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. your choice. And that's what life is about. It's about choices. We all have choices to make. So I give these kids the I think I become in their eyes a father figure. And I try to show a father's heart and the father's heart to them every everywhere that I go. And uh, I think that's the thing that is attractive to them because they all they long for that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are, are missing it. Or, you know, if they do have men in their life that look like them, they're not necessarily leading them in the right direction. So. To be able to be that that voice, that fatherly voice and figure to them, yeah, I think that that's what that's what gets to change. And it's so interesting too, like being a father, being a parent. It's not always about like telling kids what to do. I think is what you're kind of reminding us. Correct. It's not all about telling them what to do. It's teaching them how to think. Because those kids, you you don't want them to stay in your house forever. I don't think I don't know of a parent who said, "Yo, I just want this to be a lifelong thing where you're just living with me side by side, and I got to take care of you for the rest of your life." You want these kids to learn how to be successful adults and be able to navigate life by themselves. So, giving them those skills that starts with you not doing everything for them, right? That starts with you not you letting them know, like, no, you can make mistakes, and letting them know it's okay to make mistakes, like. This is the safest place. You want your home to be the place where the mistakes happen. You don't want them to make the mistakes on the streets because you love them at home. 
least don't necessarily love them. The rest of the world don't necessarily love them. So make your mistakes here. Be no, Understand that it's okay to fail, and I'm going to help you learn how to navigate through things so that when you leave here, you'll be safer out there too. So I guess this is asking now. Who are the safe adults in your life now, currently? So I keep a circle around me of safe people. I try not to let unsafe people uh, stick around my life. Uh, social media is full of unsafe people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world, the neighborhood can be full of unsafe people. But I found like true friendships who I know I can be myself with. Um, I know that they don't have to see just the glossy parts of me. They can see the ugly, dirty parts of me, and they're not going to leave. Um, they're going to hold me accountable for things. They know who I am and let me know, like, yo, that's trash, you know, or you might need to reconsider that yourself. So I've got um, some older people who I look up to. I've got um, a pastor who I can talk to about certain things. Um, I've got my wife who sometimes is not uh, always giving me the glowing reports. Um, and she'll let me know if there's some holes and things that I need to consider. Um, but I've got family, thankfully, like some cousins that I can really look to. Um, so, yeah, I've got a lot of people. I've got coworkers who I think are awesome at what they do. Um, and I'm able to kind of share some experiences with them and bounce things off of them. I think it's always important to keep good people around you, um, people who are going to challenge you to grow, people who are going to tell you not just the flowery things about yourself, but also point out, yo, you know, there's some things that you might need to address. Um, because that's the goal is to continually to, to continually grow and to continually get better. You don't want to stay the same or I don't want to stay the same anyway. I want to continually, you know, get better, not only for myself, but for my family and the, you know, the family to come after me and the community, just people around me. I want to be the best me that I can be. So I want to put people around me that are going to challenge me to do just that. So surround yourself with people that you kind of want to be. Indeed. Inspire you. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, and we, and it, iron sharpens iron. So I want to mm-hmm. be that same thing for them. You know, it's not, it's a give and take type of thing. We should be able to challenge each other to grow and challenge each other to get better because that's the way we really see uh, community shift and change. And is that what your business does too? I wanted to ask you about that a little bit. Yeah. So the business, that's, that's, that's it. I mean, we, we do that. We create, we uplift, and we empower. LLC? Yeah, Brainiac okay. LLC. We create, we uplift, and we empower. That's what we. That's what we want to do. So, creatively, we make we make music and art that is you know uplifting. Uh, we help uh, other people understand what is going on on the inside of them and and try to see the potential that's there. And then we want to empower them to do whatever it is that they're that they're looking to do. So, helping them make good decisions, helping them understand the potential that's on the inside of them and giving them the tools that are necessary to, to grow and to actually achieve those goals are what we live for. So, yeah, that's what that's what we're about. Now I'm thinking about how creativity and music yeah. and outlets are yeah. so important. They're super important. And a lot of people are super creative and just maybe don't even know it. They maybe have not taken time. So I challenge my students and, and, the, and the kids and people that I work with, like sometimes if you don't have anybody that you feel is safe enough to talk to outside of me and you need to get that, that – uh, those feelings or whatever emotions you're dealing with out, sit down and write about it. It mm-hmm. might come out as poetry. It might come out as a rap. It might come out as drawing. You might just draw a picture. That's that's amazing. And just find some way to get that stuff that's in you out. Because if you don't, if you keep a negative stuff on the inside of you, it's going to come out in some kind of way. It's going to come out health-wise. You can have health issues, and that's ugly. You're going to be snapping on people who didn't do anything to you, and that's ugly. Um, you you can be violent, you know, and that's that's ugly. You can make some really bad decisions. So it's it's important to get whatever is on the inside, especially the negative stuff, get that stuff out. Um, and then once you do that, you'll feel better. And if you end up having, if you're brave enough to share it with somebody, 
they might actually find some encouragement in what it is that you're going through and let them know. It might let them know and speak to them in ways that you that you never thought. But let them know, like, I'm not alone. Like, I've gone I've dealt with some of that. I felt that way, too. And so you can be an encouragement to somebody else just by, you know, being you and, and exploring the gifts that are in there. Yeah, there's so much of this that just seems like helping people get out what's troubling them. Yeah. What they see at home. It's important. Yeah. It's important to talk about it and, and to, to get for you can't. You can't heal what you don't reveal. So if that stuff stays hidden, then you never deal with it. You just press it down and keep living. That stuff stays there and it just starts to stink. There's a reason we take out the garbage. Right? <laughs> That's the best analogy. <laughs> yeah, good way to put it. For somebody who's looking for a safe adult in their lives as an adult, as a kid, what are some resources in the various communities you serve? Man, so... I know that a lot of them may be shut down right now, mm-hmm. uh, but like rec centers, mm-hmm. I think would be a good place to go and talk to somebody. Um, if you have coaches that are, you know, in whatever s- sports you may play, they may be a good person to actually talk to. Teachers, um, you, I try to help the kids who are in school find at least one teacher who they know. Now, all of them might not like you. All of them might not really know, but there's somebody at that school who locks eyes with you who might, you know, attention to you a little bit more than others and make you feel safe when you get that feeling in your gut and you know somebody's safe reach out to them don't be quiet like actually say something you might have to be the one that you know finds them before they find you and uh you know so there there are people all around church if you can go to a church and and find somebody there there might be some safe adults there there's people in the community who are walking if they're, they're like certain groups or things in the community that are putting on events and doing things in the community more than likely they're there because they care so you know there's there's places if you if you look hard enough uh, you'll find you'll find somebody I'm curious just kind of start wrapping it up a little bit what is your definition of a safe adult so my definition of a safe adult is somebody who you really feel you can be your authentic self with you feel like they are trustworthy, um, that they're not going to ask you to lie. They're not going to ask you to do anything unsavory. They're really going to be there to encourage you and to point you in the right direction to try to get you the help that, 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 that you need. So somebody who you feel like you can be vulnerable with, um, you can share things with that you might not share with anybody else. And you know that they're going to hold on to those things and not use them against you. Um, somebody that, you know, you feel good around that that makes you feel on the inside, especially kids. I think kids have the greatest instincts sometimes when it comes to adult, even babies, Mm -hmm. like babies. If your baby is like super nice to a lot of people and then they get around that one person and they start (laughs) crying like crazy, something might be a little bit off about those people, man. And, and, and even kids, they, they gravitate to people typically who make them feel the safest. So I think that, you know, just people who are, have proven themselves to be trustworthy and let people be them around them. That's, that's would be my definition of a safe adult. Fabulous. And are there any last kind of words of wisdom that you would want to leave everybody with who's listening? Man, that's such an open ended question. (laughs) Um, I would just, I would just encourage everybody to remember that there is true greatness on the inside of you. And no matter where you are in life, no matter what it is that you're going through in life, um, you don't have to let anything stop you. There is strength on the inside of you that you've probably never even considered. And if you sit and take a little bit of time to think about it, you'll understand like some of the stuff that you've been through. You have to be incredibly strong to make it through that stuff. 
you are uniquely made. You are gifted. You are talented. There's nobody on the planet that looks exactly like you. There's nobody on the planet who can do exactly what you do the way that you do it. So I just want to encourage people to to look at themselves and understand like God made you special. He made you great. He made, he gave you so many things that you should be excited about and not to let life get you down to the point where you think like, man, I don't want to do this anymore because the only way that you lose in this life is if you give up. So if you keep pressing on and if you don't have a safer daughter, or anybody to talk to, like faith is a huge thing for me. So I can always just close my eyes and say, all right, God, I'm tripping today and I'm feeling this kind of way. And it might feel kind of crazy at first and, and like I'm talking to myself. But sometimes he'll send a reminder if it's just a breeze blowing or he'll send a reminder if it's just a stranger, complete stranger to come across and, and say something to me. It might be something on TV that comes across. and I'm like, yo, you really might be up there listening to me. And that's super dope. So whatever it is, I just encourage you to not give up. Just to keep pressing on, life definitely gets better. It doesn't have to look, tomorrow things could be totally different. And if it's not tomorrow, it could be the next day. The only way you'll find out when your day to shift and change is actually going to happen is if you keep living long enough to see it. So that's it, man. Y'all are awesome. <laughs> well, nobody was... told you that we love y'all. <laughs> okay, well, that wasn't a perfect response to an open-ended question. <laughs> Knock that out of the park. Boom. Cambino, Cameron, Coach. Yes. Thank you so much. Indeed. For joining me here in Thanks for having Park. me. This was this was this a lot great. of fun. I was I was I'm happy I was able to do it. Shout out to the Care Coalition and everything that they're doing and endeavoring to do. Um, they've got some great things that are going on and really trying to help make changes in community. So there's a lot of layers to government. There's a lot of layers to these systems that have, have been constructed, but there are people out here who are working to make a true difference. And uh, my my uh my hat goes off to those guys at the Care Coalition. They, they are doing awesome work. We hope that your walk through the community leaves you rejuvenated and this story brings you inspiration. Again, this was brought to you by Active Linden, the Columbus Care Coalition, and the Department of Neighborhoods. This episode focused on an important resilience factor, finding positive and safe adults. For more information about Cameron's organization, Brainiac LLC, and how to obtain life coaching, please email him at Cameron, K-A-M-E-R-O-N, at B-R-A-Y-N-I-A-C-L-L-C.com, Cameron at BrainiacLLC.com. We were inspired by Girl Trek's Black History Bootcamp podcast. Check them out for more walking inspiration.